It's Saturday the 3rd of June. I'm Kira Revens and this was a week that saw GSOC in the spotlight, Russia and Ukraine battle in the air, a vaping ban for teens on the way and Philip Schofield speak out. Grab a cup of something hot. Put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. It's news but not the news. Ireland's population is growing, is less religious and becoming more diverse. That's according to the latest census results released on Tuesday by the Central Statistics Office. But the most interesting finding, according to Sheila Bonham from the CSO, is the growth in our population. The headline is really our population has gone over 5 million since the time of the famine. At 5.15 million, this is a significant increase in our population over the previous six years. We're not just growing, we're also getting older, as the average age has slightly increased to 38.8 years, up from 37 More than 700,000 people said they volunteer on a regular basis and of those, over 300,000 said they volunteered as part of sporting organisations. We're not as religious as we used to be with a fall in the proportion of people who identify themselves as Catholics to 69%. That's a 10% drop since 2016 and a significant increase in the number of people who said they had no religion. And our work patterns have changed too. Cormac Halpin is a senior statistician with the CSO. He says that a new question threw up some interesting data about working from home. Three quarters of million people, about a third of all workers work from home for at least some part of their week and there's interesting information in the report about the sectors where people work from home so in the, for example in business, media and public sector, 80% of the people working in that area work at home for at least some part of their week. The Gardaí were back in the spotlight again on Thursday as a dull committee questioned members of the Garda Siakona Ombudsman Commission over what has been a difficult 2023. GSOC is tasked with policing the police, investigating any incident of death or serious harm involving a Garda officer. So far this year, there's been controversy over the announcement of charges in a case which saw three men die in a pursuit on the N7 and the resignation of a senior investigator after he attended a party with Jerry Hutch. GSOC Chairman Roy McCabe says the only way to speed up investigations and cover all of the issues required is a substantial budget increase. A minimum of doubling of our current staff complement, including a considerable increase in our complement of investigative staff, will be required. Now, we're not talking about a Rolls-Royce, but a vehicle that can carry all the complement needed to investigate all the complaints that we receive from start to finish professionally, fairly, rigorously and in a timely fashion. Facial recognition technology and body cams are also discussed and GSOC Commissioner Yu Yum was advising caution. Whatever's brought in needs to be accompanied by proper robust procedures that we can check and others can check to make sure that there's no misconduct going on there. The Garda Representative Association and the ASGI have both expressed concern about GSOC's operation and the length of time investigations take. Deputy General Secretary Ronan Clogher says GSOC too need oversight. We feel that they have to be far more accountable in their processes and procedures and how they deal with members of Angarda Siakana. It's damaged the confidence that members of Angarda Siakana have in GSOC. That brings us back again to the point that who is the oversight body on GSOC? Russia's air assault on Ukraine and Kyiv in particular continued this week as the month of May saw more than 20 attacks by drones and missiles. Fortunately, Ukrainian forces have been able to shoot down most of the missiles and Ukrainian head of intelligence, Kyrylo Budanov, warned that the country is ready to retaliate. For all those who tried to threaten us, dreaming that it would have some effect, you will regret it very soon. 
Our response won't be late. Everyone will see everything soon. Russia's ambassador to the UK, Andrei Kilen, says that the attacks are just a sign of things to come. It's, it's a big idealistic mistake to think that Ukraine may prevail. It is even Zelensky is uh, confirming that Russia is 16 times bigger than Ukraine. We have enormous resources and we haven't just started yet to, to uh, act very, uh, very seriously. But it was Russians who were surprised on Tuesday by a wave of drone attacks on Moscow. Ukraine denies responsibility, although the drone attack came just 24 hours after Ukrainian General Bodanov promised revenge for the ongoing attacks on Kyiv. There were at least eight and possibly as many as 30 drones involved, with Russian air defences destroying most, although one person died and a number of buildings were hit. Russian President Vladimir Putin, a man with no sense of irony, warned that Russia will retaliate. I am concerned about attempts to provoke a Russian backlash. They are provoking us to take mirror actions. We will see what to do about it. On Wednesday morning, a local governor in the Krasnodar region blamed Ukraine for a drone strike that caused a fire at an oil refinery. And former Russian diplomat Boris Bondarev says that Putin and the Russian people will have been quite surprised by the attack. I think, yes, it is quite unexpected for them because I believe President Putin still believes sincerely that his army and his uh, air defence have no rivals. Drone and missile attacks weren't the only concern this week as the IAEA warned of a possible nuclear disaster at Ukraine's Russian-occupied Zafariza nuclear power plant. UN International Atomic Energy Agency chief Rafael Grossi called on both Kyiv and Moscow to take steps to safeguard the nuclear power plant in southern Ukraine. We are fortunate that a nuclear accident has not yet happened. We are rolling a dice and if this continues then once they our luck will run out. Thursday saw almost 50 European leaders gathered at the European Political Community Summit in Moldova on Thursday to discuss strategies for the conflict in Ukraine. The summit was held at a Moldovan castle just 12 miles away from the Ukrainian border and there's concerns that the country could become a future target of Russian aggression, especially if Russia gains control of Ukraine. But Ukraine's President Zelensky doesn't think that'll be likely. He attended Thursday's summit where he pushed for NATO and EU membership for Ukraine and said that the war won't be over until Ukraine's won. When we'll win, the war will stop. Or Russia can stop this war earlier. They can go out to their independent territory from our territory. I think that is the answer. And NATO boss Jens Stolenberg said it's imperative that the group look beyond the war to determine Ukraine's long-term security guarantees. We don't know when uh, the war ends, but we must ensure that when it does, we have credible arrangements in place to guarantee Ukraine's security in the future. The Irish Blood Transfusion Service has issued an urgent call for blood donors to come forward as supplies fall to dangerously low levels. Currently, Ireland has only three days supply, which is over 50% down from the normal seven-day stock. It's estimated that one in four will require a blood donation at some point in their lives, but only 3% of the eligible population are currently donors. If blood stocks don't improve, the board says that elective procedures that require blood support may have to be cancelled at hospitals across the country. Paul McKinney is Director of Donor Services and Logistics with the IBTS. Our blood supplies have now hit three days uh, across pretty much all the groups. Uh, we like to have seven days worth of blood stock. We try to collect 3,000 donations uh, a week. Um, we haven't in the last number of weeks. We've dropped to about two, three, two, four. Even though eligibility criteria for giving blood has changed in the last number of years, the number of new donors coming forward has dropped since the pandemic. Sarah Monaghan is a clinical nurse with the Blood Transfusion Service and says it's easy to start donating. And you can find out more at giveblood.ie. The best thing to do is go onto the website. Uh, there's a quick kind of 
10 questions that they can go through to see if they are eligible. Uh, they'll come through, they'll speak to a nurse and we'll go through an array of questions just to make sure they're eligible to donate blood. So to come on the Standard 7 Ireland edition, Philip Schofield speaks out and succession wraps up. Right after this. Welcome back. The Cabinet approved new legislation on Tuesday which will ban vaping for under-18s in Ireland. The new laws will make it illegal to sell e-cigarettes and vape products to young people and will also target how and where the controversial products are advertised. While the government doesn't have any plans at the moment to bring in stricter measures for adults like those seen in Australia, these new laws will see Ireland come into line with recent anti-vaping laws introduced across the EU. Donishta Micheál Martin was the Minister for Health when the smoking ban was introduced in 2004 and he believes that the new legislation is a positive move. In many ways I see vaping as the revenge of the tobacco industry in terms of getting people hooked on nicotine again and so therefore this legislation is important in making sure that future generations of young people don't get attracted to vaping. It was another tough week. If you work at ITV, ex-presenter Philip Schofield and former co-host Holly Willoughby were both busy on their Insta over the weekend. She said Phil had lied to her about the affair. Then Phil called out people with a grudge against him while praising the crew on the ITV show. Eamon Holmes has been busy ranting about Phil on Twitter and he sat down with Dan Wooten this week on GB News to dish the dirt on the whole affair. It all made things very awkward on the actual show where Dermot O'Leary and Alison Hammond have been struggling on. We happen to be in the news at the moment and of course we appreciate that but just from both of us and the whole team here the crew the guys downstairs we love making this show for all of you yeah we really do and that's exactly what we're going to do we're going to continue to do that so let's go on with our first news story then philip schofield finally broke his silence on thursday night after a non-stop barrage of tabloid headlines since he quit this morning he told the sun in an exclusive interview that he was not a groomer and apologized to the young man at the center of the scandal he also said that the relationship began when the runner on this morning was 20. I am deeply sorry and I apologise to him because I should have known better. His media appearances came as ITV have instructed a barrister to carry out an external review of events at the channel. Phil told of his regret over lying to his co-host Holly Willoughby about the affair. The last time we had a conversation was when I texted, this is after the statement last week, don't reply, you're probably not allowed to, but I am deeply, deeply sorry. He also did an interview with the BBC's Amal Rajan and he spoke about the toll it's all taken on his mental health. I understand how Caroline Flack felt. Um, Last week, if my daughters hadn't been there, I wouldn't be here. Twenty twenty three is going to see some big TV shows wrap up for good. Barry, The Blacklist, The Crown, and of course Succession. The Roy family drama officially wrapped up at two AM. But if you're waiting to see it tonight, don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything for you. You can hear Jamie and Chris dive deep into the finale of our sister podcast, The Sound of Succession, which should drop around midday. In the meantime, Kieran Culkin has been talking about his view of the show and his role as Roman Roy. About halfway through, I remember coming home and my wife asked how work was like, I think it's I think the show show's good. Uh-huh. I think it's good. And I had that sense while we were shooting it and then while watching it, I had sort of had the same uh-huh. sort of feeling and it was reassuring to know that that was sort of what the response was. You've been listening to the Smart 7 Ireland edition. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit the follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world.
Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.